Hello everybody, welcome to Casual Cognition. We are so happy to have you here with us today for another fine episode. We've got something a little bit different for you today, a little bit of a short episode, and um, I won't spoil it for you, but at the end, Hank and I attempt at a little bit of uh, practicing what we preach in this episode. And um, I won't say we did well, but maybe for that reason, I don't think you want to miss it. So, thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hank. Nate. My friend. How you doing today, bro? Bro. To be honest, it's been a hectic day. Hectic day? It's been a hectic day. And unlike most of our casts, we're recording this at the end of my day rather than the beginning of my day. Right. So, yes, it has been hectic. I actually, um, our second guest on the podcast, the lovely and wonderful Chris, is coming to visit. And, um, he had some snafus at the airport due to the, um, freak climate change winter storms that are racking the U.S. right now. Right, right, right. So... I just had to run to the airport and grab his bags because they got loaded on a flight that he wasn't able to make due to delays. <laughs> it was some wacky shit, man. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So, so you had to go to the airport. Yeah. And then I had to um, finagle my way through the uh, various red tapes involved with walking into an airport and grabbing someone else's baggage. I'm honestly surprised they let me mm. do it. Yeah. Uh, that is that is a little bit <laughs> strange. All I was but going... Yeah, I, I, uh, there's a guy, He um, his bags are here, um, his name's, yeah, you know, uh, it's like Chris or John or... Steve, uh, yeah, he told me to pick up his bags for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it pretty much just boiled down to a picture Chris had sent me of his, like, bag tag. And, um, yeah, that's uh, that was enough, apparently. Hmm. Well, that's um, that's a nice, nice to hear, a, ni- a trusting story like that. Yeah. It worked out well. And now we're recording a podcast. And now I'm at the the best part of my day. The part of my day I've looked forward to all day. And uh, have just... You know, you know one of those dreams where, like, you have a destination or something to do and you just get, like, stuck in a loop of, of preparation? You ever have one of those nightmares? Mm. Yeah, my mine uh, manifests in a slightly different way. It's always like I'm going somewhere, like I'm I gotta catch a a train or a plane or something, 
but I always like can't find my shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that's my exactly backpack what I'm is like about. somewhere, and it's like fuck, I don't have what I need, and I'm gonna fucking miss the plane because yeah. blah blah blah. Just like and you get halfway there, travel, and you forget something. Dream. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's like it's like a modern day nightmare right there. <laughs> And it happens. Yeah. I get those those dreams all the time. And, the, and like, whenever you think about nightmares, you think about like monsters chasing you and stuff, and or you know falling off a building or something. No, like my worst worst nightmare is one of those where I'm like squirreling about trying to catch some sort of deadline, and there's a whole bunch of people waiting on me, and I just can't seem to get on the road. It's my worst right. nightmare, and it's my most common reoccurring nightmare. Well, it makes me feel a lot better to hear you say that because I have never heard anyone else who has the same, I mean, besides people in my family who have that same kind of dream. So, you know, I feel even even closer to you after after this shared nightmare. So experience close. so close <laughs> connectivity across the oceans well i guess we should stop dissembling and um move into the cast although this is uh, pretty much the gist um today <laughs> today we're going to be talking about some uh some a little bit tangentially related topics to our normal stuff but I find this sort of stuff to be actually be really valuable and what we're going to be talking about is acting uh, you know our, our, our sort of theme for the day is performance so we're gonna we're gonna start off with acting and that is a very loaded word I think because when we say the word acting, I think most people would associate it with professional acting, movie right. acting, e either movies or stage plays. But if you were to really analyze your behavior from day to day, I think that every single person with the... Uh, rare exception of somebody who might have some sort of um, uh, mental glitch or something like that, you would find that you act every single day in some way, 100%. shape, or form. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, if people who don't do that, like that's considered like a personality disorder pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it is. In, in, in the, it, it, I, I truly do think it is because... Um, actually, let, let me let me start off with this. And I think this... I hope I haven't mentioned this on the cast already. I know I've talked to you about this. One term that really bugs me is the term two-faced. Right. Because people... Like, it, it's, it's... The real intent of it is to describe somebody who... Um, who, like in front of somebody likes them and then away from them doesn't like them 
which can be mm-hmm. really shitty. You know, there are people out there, plenty of people out there who do that sort of thing, who pretend to be somebody's friend and then shit on them in private with somebody else constantly and yeah. aren't really their friend. And it's like a manipulative, deceitful kind of thing. But in my experience, what most people that I have been around describe as two-faced is essentially somebody who acts one way around some people and another way around other people. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't think, is a negative quality. In fact, I think it's I mean, necessary. that's called adapting. <laughs> I think that's completely necessary to be a a successful moral human being and the, the I mean easy yeah, totally agree the easy example that I always use with people in this subject is you're you're not gonna say fuck around your grandma or you know if, if your grandparents are all dead you're uh, I don't know some conservative aunt you're probably not like gonna that. say it at work you're probably not gonna say it at work um, you're you're not going to make dick jokes around your boss. That's another great way to put it. Like just the basic necessities of modern human life requires you to act in certain specific patterns in some situations that you wouldn't act if it if it was just you and your buds. And so yeah, definitely, I think everyone is an actor these days by necessity yeah man and you know every every time i i think about this conversation or i think about this idea it always brings up something that you and i have talked about ad nauseum but i think would be valuable to share with our dear listeners which is um from one of a a lecture from alan watts Mm, always uh, love me talking some Alan about Watts. yeah i mean the the this section of the lecture to me just just totally blew my mind uh so he's talking about the persona right yeah so this is all related to like you know because so we started by saying like okay everyone's acting and i think a lot of people would push back on that and they're like no i'm just like i'm just me i'm just this is my personality um and the thing that he pointed out that there (laughs) that he pointed out that was so fascinating is that the word persona which is the word that we use to describe who we are the root word of personality and person the root word of personality is literally it comes from um these like ancient uh greek plays they had these these plays that were and i also love this because they were like comedies and tragedies yeah they were always both like it was never like like you don't just have like they didn't do rom-coms they didn't do horror (laughs) movies like it was always both and the definition of comedy and tragedy and that that context was do you have a happy ending or a sad ending if it's a happy ending it's a comedy if it's a sad ending it's a tragedy (laughs) right every play had Um, elements of both within it it's just how the ending was that defined the the name of it right 
And the thing that's so fascinating is, so they would wear, they would literally wear masks that would help project their voice because obviously they didn't have amplification or like that was their method of amplification. Yeah, they had a, a uh, basically a horn structure built into the mask. Exactly. It would help them project the voice. Uh, and the word for those masks were persona. Yep. And I find it so interesting that the word... And this is again all this was this was a um, observation by Alan Watts, but the word that we use for who we are is comes from a word that means a mask. Yeah, like because it was the, like the persona, characters. like project to project sound. Like that's what it means if you if I believe if you um if you break it down. Yeah, I, I do and, think uh, yeah because sona sona is sound, and yeah, I think the the per prefix uh was was a was a projection and yeah it was it was the the masks and what character those masks represented yeah that was exactly and and you would get it in like a playbill like these are the personas of the play this mask is this character this mask is this character yeah and 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 i think the whole point with this is that is you know, we're kind of mentioning that we we play different roles. We play different characters depending on context, right? Yeah. So at work, we're one character. When we're, you know, being silly with our friends or our partner, we're another character. When we're um, consoling somebody or guiding somebody, we're another character. When we're exploring, we're another character. Like all, all of these different characters... And, you know, it, it also it kind of goes back to one of our really early episodes uh, about archetypes, right? Because yeah, all of these absolutely like sub like I always think of these different characters and these sub personalities as like complexes of different archetypes, essentially. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just fascinating to kind of take a step back and realize that we're putting on these masks and then like deciding which ones we want to wear. Like what character do I want to play? I'm like and kind of taking it into our own hand, hands rather than playing the character that somebody else decided that we were supposed to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've actually got a funny example of you with an unintentional uh, persona aspect that I have that I have in my life. So um, this actually came up the other day when I was uh, I was playing a, an online game with a, a friend of ours, and um, it was with Ian, and uh, he mentioned that like when I talk to like in this particular game if other players come up to you you can talk to them and he he asked me he was like why do you put on like a Texas accent when you talk to other people in the game <laughs> and I just started cracking up laughing because I he was right I, I, I was like putting on an accent but a it wasn't a texas accent it was uh, it was my my southern accent and b 
that's like completely natural for me whenever I talk to strangers in my area and also um, generally at work. And I was joking with him. I was like, dude, I actually do have a Southern accent. It's just that it comes out in certain contexts and, and my uh, normal enunciation, I put normal in quotes, um, comes out in others. My non-accented enunciation comes out in others, like on the cast. But one right. thing I said to him that like, got me thinking after, afterwards was, I told him, I was like, dude, in the same way that you're surprised to hear me put on my southern accent, there are people I know who would be very surprised to find out that I can speak without the southern accent. Mm. There are many people who I work around who only have heard me in that accent. And right. I've actually had people ask me to show them the accent and I can't do it unnaturally. Like I can't I can't fake it. I can I can over exaggerate it, but whenever I do that I I I gave it away. I can fake it, but when I do it I over exaggerate it and it doesn't quite right. sound like what how it sounds when I do it naturally. But it comes out naturally in all sorts of different circumstances, especially when I'm talking to strangers. Right. Yeah, that's super interesting because there's this kind of natural instinct for us to like like that's kind of a way to like fit in with with strangers, right? Yeah. Like like you you feel less alien because you have a shared way of speaking and it feels familiar and it's like yeah. it's you know, they tend to like trust like they'll tend to and and it's not like you're, you know, doing this in a like you know sociopathic way but no, like it's I was literally born just here. an instinct I was born here and I think that's why it's natural to me I was born yeah. in this area and I I lived in Arizona for many years afterwards but even in Arizona I don't know if this happened in Sedona you probably weren't around by the time I, I don't I don't know if you ever heard this but people used to give me shit for just saying the word y'all and I remember whenever mm. I was younger, people used to ask me, like, you have, like, a little bit of an accent. Where is it from? They couldn't really place it. Because I, I tried to, like, not talk in that accent whenever I was younger. And I sort of trained right. myself out of it. But mm. now that I've moved back and I've lived in in the, the Deep South for a few years, I've redeveloped my accent naturally um, and but I and I now have like the capability of doing both, but not intentionally. It's so fucking weird. Like I can't do Dude. either way intentionally. I I find it really funny that we kind of stumble onto this this thing with accents because I think that's such a interesting subject, and it it's it's weird how like. Cause there, there's like an acting, like there, there, you know, there's a, there's a cross section or something like there's a, there's an intersection with accents and acting. And like, I've, I found that like, it's really funny how certain accents, like the thing that makes it believable is not just the accent, but like using, finding the, the specific 
uh, slang and these specific mannerisms and stuff that yeah. are common, like from that region. Yeah. Uh, you know, like for for example, like y'all. I'm not even gonna try. Like y'all, exactly. Uh, and like if you're trying to do like an Australian accent or something, you know, using the specific terms that that they would use rather than and actually this is hilarious because everyone you like the classic the classic one is like uh fucking shrimp on the babby right but like (laughs) they don't say shrimp they say prawns so like that's obviously a really shitty (laughs) like it was already a shitty accent but it's much worse because it's just totally unconvincing if you're not even using like the terms that they would use yeah but so but let's 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 talk about like let's talk about acting for a little bit right like actual like the 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 craft of acting because i i am fascinated by acting and you know a lot of people think that it's like oh yeah you just pretend like yeah you you just pretend to be someone else right and that's that's an that's an aspect of it i guess that's one way to think about it but i also like the way that i kind of see it is like it's a way to explore the human condition and it's a way to explore like different aspects of ourselves different sub personalities different complexes of archetypes and like taking these parts of ourselves and giving them space to like flower and manifest in a much bigger way than they would uh in in our like natural um personality structure yeah and now you're getting into like formal acting right like you know yeah the the thing that i craft yeah so screen acting play acting performance acting yeah yeah and that is did did you ever take a any acting classes uh, back in Sedona High School? I didn't. I kind of. I really wish I did because I, I think wish, I would have liked it a lot. I wish you could have done it with uh, with us. I was in there with Jade and Russell. I believe was in there. I can't remember if Russell was there, but um, I know Kaya was there. And, these uh, are these are some of our buddies to those yeah we're, we're who, uh, name dropping we're name dropping our friends but we uh, <laughs> yeah they, they they won't be upset for us name dropping them hi guys if you're listening um but I remember that was my the first acting class that I had ever taken and I guess I wasn't supposed to be allowed to take that particular class but a couple of the people who knew me and who knew the teacher were like, "Oh yeah, no, Nate, like Nate, Nate's a goofball. Like you'll you'll have fun with having having him in the class. He loves doing this kind of thing." And she let me into the like the acting two class or something. And I was also a senior, so that was another reason. She was like, "Well, I don't want to put this senior in the acting class with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores who are super shy, and it would almost be like a little embarrassing for." both me and them and so she let me into the the more advanced acting class and our teacher was a really great acting teacher um 
I'm, I'm gonna name drop her too. Uh, Miss Bramwell was her name. So shout out to Miss Bramwell. Sorry for name dropping you if you didn't want me to, but you're a wonderful acting teacher. And um, it, it was so much fun. She she created all these little exercises for us to do. And I remember one of the things. <laughs> this is one of one of like my highlights of high school. Um, a, a few times she had me and Jade as like an entertainment to the class. She had us go up and and just do some improv bit and just goof around. And Jade, our friend, he's a a real character and has like a ton of acting ability and can really get out there in this in this sort of performance space. And she knew that um that he and I were good friends and we'd have a good dynamic and we would just do these like completely ridiculous things improv scenes and crack people up and there was no point to it i think she she just did it because like there was nothing else to do it it was like a a sort of like all right we we got 15 20 minutes left in class um we're all done with everything we planned on doing let's uh let's have some fun and um, and she'd do different things like this now and then. And like I said, a few times she let me and Jade just have at it and have the floor. And those moments were so special and so fun and so magical to me. And that was really the first like taste of real acting that I got. I've always mm. act, like acted out in front of my friends and, you know, you know me, Hank. I, I love to put on voices and stuff like that. That's always fun. But that was the first taste I got of like having an audience where I didn't know everybody. Mm. I didn't I wasn't really all that comfortable in the space, but I was confident that I could get get some laughs. And I had a a a partner in Jade who was very comfortable in that space and who could really work well and and I could bounce things off of him well. And it was just so magical to be able to let go and act out and and just be um, just put on a character for an audience. Yeah, it was it was incredible. And that Mm. that sort of thing, you know, you're saying you wanted wanted to get into the craft of acting. I think that there's something really special about the craft of acting in the art space because we're all as artists trying to express ourselves in some way, shape, or form. And you as a musician and me as a visual artist, we tend to express these these things through um, a sort of looking glass, for lack of a better term. You know, you're, 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 filtering it through a, a metaphor or a um, a feel of a music or a color scheme or something like that. Acting, I think, is special because you can put yourself into the space of, okay, well, this is like my worst, this is like my dark side, and this is how I'm going to act today, or, you know, right. in, in that, as an actor. Um. And I think that it's it's a way to express yourself in a very pure way. 
that I think is, yeah, is it's, kind it's of embodied, unique. right? Yeah, it's literally it's an yeah, embodied it's physical expression. Very physical. You got to put your whole. You got to use body language. You have to use the tone of your voice. You have to to use your facial expressions. It's very physical. Yeah, and like you're you're literally acting it out. Yeah, like it's 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 not like. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's. I totally agree. It's super special, man. I, my only, I mean, I did some. Uh, you know, I did some plays when I was a kid. And, you know, that was, I just liked it because I liked just memorizing all the fucking lines. Really? And yeah, I I enjoyed it. it? I mean, I, I just, I was just like, I was really good at memorizing the lines. I remember like in first grade, we, we did like Noah's Ark or something and Noah just like couldn't remember his lines. So I played like. I don't know. I think it was like Archangel Gabriel or something. <laughs> and I also played Noah for the second half because I could just like somehow memorize all of his lines as well. And I mean, of course, I loved like the actual, um, you know, being a character and stuff. But I think at that age, like I didn't really get I didn't really get what it was about. Like I could yeah. just memorize the lines and say them. But um you know, after that, I didn't really have much experience with it for a while. And then the first, I mean, because role-playing is a type of acting, right? Like, it's yeah. it's not like what you would consider traditional acting, I guess. But for me, like, I very much took it that way. Like, I when I created, created the character, I wanted to explore, like, some elements of myself and I wanted to like embody that character and feel what it would be like to be that person as deeply as possible. And it was extremely interesting because he like this character had some fucking some demons, man, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and that's what's super cool about the role playing aspect too and and just acting in general is like you can you can have these crazy situations like literal demons like that's so epic and it's epic yeah like it's just epic dude and and it was just i f- i found it fascinating to explore this the psyche of this human being which or like f- this character that i had created but obviously there were elements of this character in myself so i could learn about myself through exploring this kind of archetypal uh complex yeah well um to to take it to the other side you want to hear what happened whenever i as a child was called into the school play what happened um, I, I I may have already mentioned this to you in person, but I refused to be in front of people. Hmm. Just yeah. absolutely refused. I um, as a as a concrete example, there were mul- multiple times that I um 
convinced my mother to call me in sick to school on the day of the school play. That happened more than once. Um, I, I definitely know I mentioned this to you once. One time I wrote a poem in third grade. Um, th- third or fourth grade. And it was... The, the poems were automatically entered into a, a district-wide poetry contest based on your grade. And my poem won, and I and I had no idea. And and a, a teacher, my teacher, came to me and told me that my poem had won, and she was like very excited to tell me that I was going to get to recite my poem in front of the entire school, basically. Hmm. And I said in my little third or fourth grade mind, you've got to be out of your fucking mind, woman, if you think (laughs) that I'm going to recite this poem in front of the school. I didn't realize that you guys were going to enter me into a contest. I thought this was just a fucking homework assignment. Like, and and I I didn't say anything like that. I was just like, ah, okay. Like, I, I was so taken aback by that. And I told my mom, I said, I am not going to school today. I, you can drag me kicking and screaming and I will run down the street. I am not reciting that poem in front of people. There is absolutely no possible way that you're going to get me to do this. And I was right. And apparently there was another student. They had another student recite my poem in front of people. <laughs> Which almost made me even more embarrassed. I was like, wait, you still recited the poem? <laughs> and Wow, man. Well, you've come a long way. I have come a long way, but I would like to relate that to a hilarious story that you will remember about another one of my poems that I didn't quite want <laughs> <Yeah>. to recite. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna bring that up actually. <laughs> you can't, you can't not. It's just so perfect. I, I can't believe it's happened twice in my life that <laughs> that I have written a poem that I did not recite that, that I was somebody supposed else to recite. Yeah, somebody else recited in front of people. Okay, so what Nate is referring to. Uh, and this is actually hilarious. We, I, we. <laughs> I had a especially since you're the singer songwriter now. <laughs> we had a yeah, that's because it was all you know. I wasn't into like this forced labor, but we'll we'll get <laughs> get get into that. That's later. another but cast. That's another cast. Th- that's another cast. Um, but just to quickly uh, clue people in on this one, I had an assignment uh, in high school to write a poem and. Um, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but like pretty much, I mean, there was a period of time where I like went over to your place every day and we would just like hang out and basically do the podcast, except like be more like stoned and like doing <laughs> other dumb shit <laughs> and not recording it and not recording it. Um, 
And I was just like, oh, fuck, dude. I got to fucking write a poem, dude. I don't want to do this shit. I was like, I was probably baked. Who knows? But, and you're just like, if you're at my place, it's almost guaranteed. Yeah, that time was a, that was a time of dark sleeps. That's for sure. That, <laughs> that that's what my my buddy described. Cause it, just real quick, uh, this is so funny. Uh, my buddy in college, like he he described the sleep, like after getting stoned, he like would never dream if if he like smokes at night. So he would call it a dark sleep because like, he just like. <laughs> no dreams and you just wake up and you're still fucking tired of shit uh super funny but anyways back to the that was like a the inception story moment but uh yeah so you were just like oh yeah dude i'll write it and you wrote this like epic poem about like uh breaking the chains of like slavery and shit and like sewing it was like a it was like a rebellion it was like a rebellion poem it was was a rebellion poem that was metaphorical to my own life and existence but was yeah it was really cool the external world i wish i still had that one dude it's it's in i mean that's the funniest thing is like i thought nothing of it i I like probably didn't even read it (laughs) i just like (laughs) you apparently didn't read it (laughs) Uh, and then, like, all of a sudden, our teacher, or my teacher, was just like, oh, dude, that poem was sick. I Like, can I put it in the poetry book or whatever? And I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, sh- sure, sure. And then, yeah, she had me, like, recite it in front of the class. And the funniest thing, I don't think anyone <laughs> noticed this, luckily, but I sure this as hell so noticed, funny. was that, like, I, since I hadn't read the poem before, like, and I just started reading it, uh, like, one of the lines was, like, they shall reap what they sowed or, or something along shall. those lines. Uh, <laughs> and I literally didn't even know, like, that I just – I my, I had a brain fart, and I just didn't even know that word. And so I was, like, they will reap what they sowed. And, well, you know, know, to me, like <laughs> – what you know what the, uh, what I've come to realize is that that was partially your fault for not reading it, but ultimately my fault because I misspelled the word. Oh shit! But Did you? I'm pretty sure because I think so is S E W when you're talking about sowing seeds. I think it's actually S O W for that. I think S E W is like sewing with a needle. Okay, well maybe I'm not maybe I'm not going crazy. I I, I had thought that I had done well, but yeah, it was S O W. They shall reap what they sow or sowed. Um and, and Yeah, I think you and, spelled it correctly. I just didn't know that Hank, word. Yeah, I <laughs> described it sow. <laughs> And so for me, it was extremely embarrassing because as soon as I said it, I knew that that's was not the right, like that's not right. That word is totally wrong. And like the English teacher is like sitting at the desk looking at me and she obviously knows that that's not how you say the word. And then I was just like, wait, is she going to know that I don't, that I'm a fucking 
You're a fraud. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, this is right after reading um, Catcher in the Rye. So... Like, I'm a phony. Yeah, phony bro. I'm a phony. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man, dude, there was so many wow, funny examples was... of of shit like that in that high school for me. Oh my man. god. But so anyways. that was um, wow. That, so that was a trip down memory lane. Trip down memory lane, and I'm not gonna get lost in my sedor- stories of Sedona High School because we're gonna we're gonna address that in story time. That's a different. Yeah, segment. and I think, I think it's also better to just sprinkle in a few of these fun stories here and there. Yeah, yeah. as the, as they as they're somewhat relevant. Like yeah. this is very very tangentially related i honestly don't think it's all that tangentially related because one thing i was going to mention about that is that that was probably one of your um early experiences of performance which is another another thing we want ah, to from talk that about. perspective right yeah and, yeah definitely and especially that moment of embarrassment and knowing that you fucked something up like that oh yeah is almost that's borderline traumatic to to fuck if she if she exposed me in front of everybody it would have been traumatic <laughs> i'm mostly joking when i say that trust me people i know i know what real trauma is all about i'm not i'm joking about that but it really does suck to be in a public speaking performance situation and to fuck up but it's basically inevitable and oh yeah it's something that if you want to be any kind of performance artist you have to understand and get used to and and recognize that it's going to happen over and over and over again and oh yeah man it's actually Sorry. It's a super important part of the learning process. Yes. Going through and making those fuck ups. Yes. So fucking important, dude. Integral to the learning experience and the growth process. Yeah, that's actually one thing that I've I've taken away from listening to like comedians' podcasts and stuff. Um, You know, I'm thinking of Bill Burr specifically. I listen to Bill Burr's monday morning podcast a lot and bill burr is an incredible stand-up comedian he's mm-hmm. one of the greatest of all time i mean he's his his stand-up is is just so good and yeah he'll he's, just he's great he'll just casually in his podcast just casually be like yeah i, I went out there to uh to this place and i i fucking bombed there's no other way to say it. I fucking bombed. But, you know, I just told them to go fuck themselves. And then I went on to the <laughs> next one. I did pretty good in the next one. And then I bombed again the next night. And I did. The... And he's like casually talking about how he, like, his failure to perform and then just moving on in the conversation. Right. And that moment when he's on stage and he's bombing, if I was doing that, like, I, I might have to cry when I get back in my car. <laughs> like, 
that that's something that I've always really respected about comedians more than them being funny is that if you're a successful stand-up comedian, that means that you've experienced fucking up in front of a crowd and just essentially getting a, the derision of dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of people over and over and over and over and over again. That's just part of the craft. And that's yeah, an and, incredible and I will... skill as a performer. Yeah, and I will say that that is the case with learning anything but it's especially acute for comedians because there is a there's an immediate culture around like yeah like if you're not good it's people will gang like people will enjoy just shitting on your face well not uh, just emotionally. that laughing is is an involuntary response yeah. So people, if you're doing well as a comedian, people will involuntarily laugh. But if you fuck up, like even if people aren't heckling you or something, if people just don't laugh, like that's right, gotta be just excruciating. Silence. Like I feel like the yeah. silence of an uninterested crowd, or even the chatter <laughs> of an uninterested crowd who's moved on from your act, has got to be the most painful moment for a comedian. Like, I feel like I'd rather get heckled than just be in silence if I was to do a comedic act. Right, because then at least know. you have someone tried. to direct your the rage balls. upon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can, uh, yeah, you could, like, project all of your bullshit onto that person instead of just, like, being in your own, completely in your own head and not having anyone to... To blame. <laughs> yeah, and I've seen I've seen comedians kind of fuck up and get heckled and suddenly turn the heckler into their jumping off point and win the crowd back by shitting on the heckler. Like that's right. another another skill to use. But just silence or even worse, like disinterested chatter, like people have gotten bored of you and just go on to do their own thing, like that's gotta be so hurtful. And I think that the the real difference between somebody who can actually do comedy and somebody who can't is somebody who can take that experience and keep on moving and keep on trucking and learn from dude, it and improve from it. Dude, I, like and I just want to sure take a second. I just want to take on. a second to zoom out because that's it's what you just said is exactly the same thing with mastering any craft except. Um, usually like, it's just, it's just slightly different in terms yeah. of the, the actual feedback that it doesn't you might quite be have getting. The, it, it, like the immediate feedback isn't quite there with other things. Usually but yeah, the principle yeah. is still the same. Exactly. The principle is the people who can rise up again, failure after failure and realize that that is facilitating the learning process and that is like literally that is learning <laughs> those are and like who can kind of lean into the that lean into the failures and lean into the like the uncomfortable feelings that come along with that those are the people who are successful in their fields and their crafts and um that kind of resilience is like what uh what we're after yeah. Exactly. And 
at least speaking for myself. No, I, I, I think you're dead on. But one thing I would like to add to that that I think is super important is that oftentimes it's not a crowd. It's not a, a peer group. It's not Dude, the people you're ourselves. showing to the art. Yes, yes. It's ourselves. And I think yeah, that that's 100%. actually the, the hardest thing for any artist. And that, that's the easiest thing to, to apply to all of us as creators is that you've got to, you've got to pick yourself up from failure and self-judgment over oh, yeah. and over and over again. And that is the hard thing. It's yeah. it's a lot easier for me to say, oh, well, I, I I haven't experienced this as much, but so I'm just projecting. I'm 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 acting. Um, it would be a lot easier for me to say, oh well, fuck that guy. That was just an asshole. They just don't get my this or that, and and I'm I'm doing all right. It's a lot harder to say. I'm actually doing good I'm mm. this this thing that I'm creating is worth it and I'm not where I want to be but I have potential and I can work hard and I can improve this and I can make this something good and I, me personally that's where I struggle that's where I like even whenever I look at past projects and I just say, that one was better than this one that I did recently. Has my, have I gotten worse at this? Hmm. <laughs> it's just the, the self judgment, the self doubt, the self dis, uh, the self sabotage. Actually, I'd like to say, is the oh, real yeah. enemy of the artist. 100% dude that is I yeah I couldn't agree more man that's that's the thing like anytime when we find ourselves upset at somebody for not appreciating us or our art or whatever like that is a very important time to just take a look in the mirror and see who's uh who's staring back at you because I find there's a lot of projection going on in those kinds of situations. Uh, and generally, like, people are either super supportive or disinterested or, like, trying to actively give constructive feedback. Yes. And all three uh, of And some those people, are some okay. people will try to shoot you down for sure. Yeah, well, some people and try that's to okay shoot you too, down, but, but like, that's because they're people. projecting their own self-judgment onto you. Exactly. And that's so important to rem remember. Like, I mean, I said, yeah, fuck those people. But, like, at the end of the day, we all we can do, like, that is, that's so funny because that's a projection as well, right? Like, yeah. that's, that is me hyper-disidentifying with the part of myself that is judgmental of other people's work and of my own work <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> because and it gets that's into almost, the main one it gets into one other uh one other alan wattsism which is the concept of um the chasing thieves like 
like <laughs> chasing the thieves in the house or whatever. I was gonna say the the <laughs> feedback loop, the um, uh, the, right, like the 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 wobble that happens when it's like. I'm judging them and judging myself and judging myself for judging them and judging them for making me judge myself. Like you end up in this feedback right. loop. Right. I, w- I, I thought about the, uh, what is it? When it, This was like when he was talking about ego, but it's something, he talked about it as like police looking for thieves or something in, in like a many-storied building. So like each time... The police arrive on on the floor, like the thieves just run up to the next floor. <laughs> oh yeah, now I have and it's like yeah, yeah. Now I know. What yeah, you're like this about. metaphor for the ego, where you're like, ah, that's the ego, and then it's like, wait a minute, it's, who said that? And then it's like, it's wait like a, a minute, whack-a-mole. that's the ego. Like, wait, what the fuck? And then you just yeah, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Oh man. Well. Listen to Alan Watts, people. If you've never have, I know we've already told you this, but he—we're not going to stop telling you this. Yeah, just an incredible orator, an incredible spiritual entertainer, as he calls as he called himself. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Learned definitely learned a lot from from his his lectures. So I couldn't couldn't recommend his work more. yeah we got a casual biography section uh, a few a, a few episodes back so you can check that out but we'll 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 definitely be talking more about alan watts in the future i just can't help it but back to the business at hand <laughs> we've got one last important thing And Is I'd this like where to, we put our money where our mouths are? <laughs> where is the money, Hank? Um, well, hopefully it's stacking up in our Patreon as we speak. <laughs> you missed the mark. That was the mark. Oh, okay. It, you confused me because you used my, <laughs> my actual name. <laughs> I should have called you Jimmy. Yeah, if you called me like Leonard or something, then I think I would have definitely just dove straight in. <laughs> oh boy, wow, that gave me a weird sensation of deja vu. I feel like this almost exact same thing has happened before. It has because we've done this once before in one of our demo casts. Oh, we did, and didn't the exact same thing happen? Yep. Like you, like you queued in, and but you called me Hank, and then I responded to you as yep. my normal acting, my normal personality, and then oh wow, yeah. Some yeah. people just never learn. <laughs> you gonna you, you learn today, buddy? <laughs> to plagiarize from uh, Kevin Hart, I think it was. Oh boy. Where is the money, Leonard? I've Where'd you put it? Hidden it away. Where? I need to know. I'll never tell you. I need to know now. You owe me this. Well, you see, 
to Sophocles. What it you is just hidden call me? in a place that you will never, ever find. You must be out of your goddamn mind. That's not my <laughs> name, first of all. <laughs> and that's not the way you laugh. So I'm not quite sure what you what kind of shit you're trying to pull with me here, but I need the money and I need it now. Why do you need the money, huh? I thought we had a deal. That's my business. That's not well, your business. And the deal business. was that you would give me the money and then the trade would be made at the agreed upon location. Why? Which is? I'm not going to tell you here. Did you even read the contract? Contract? Yes. The one you signed in. I didn't sign blood a contract. Fecal why, matter? why would we sign a contract to this sort of deal? That doesn't make what? any sense to me. Are you kidding you me? Want a pa- we touched you butts want a, on it. You want a paper trail? We literally touched butts on it. Yeah, that's not a contract. That's a that's a personal that's like a handshake, but a little bit more intimate. I thought in I thought, my I world, thought we had an understanding here. In my world that's legally binding. Well, um it's not exactly a uh signed paper contract, so what am I supposed to read? My asshole? Exactly. Don't you remember our conversation? No, I don't. Do you have any idea how many drugs I was on that night? All I remember is that we had an agreed-upon location for the money you were going to give me, and then I was going to pick up the money, and you were going to pick up the agreed-upon goods for the money. Which were? What are you, a cop? Why are you trying to get me... Are you wearing a wire? Are you recording this right now? Wait, where? What was the location? Uh, wh- where am I? Where? I'm, where I'm getting are extremely we? suspicious of you, Leonard. Is that even your name? Listen. They oh, I'm listening. Are listening. Okay. Act natural. This is. Perfectly natural for me. deal is off. Why? Because the contract is no longer legally binding. All right, well, I think that we should set up a subsequent meeting to work out these kinks because I am so frustrated and angry at this moment. I no longer think that I I want to deal with you at this particular moment. I need to get off and cool down. So will you give me a a location that we can meet next time? Get me a fake location. And we we can try and reconvene again in the near future. Okay. Let us meet at the park bench at Terrier Park at 3 p.m. We're actually meeting on the Casual Cognition Discord server. Uh, and we will make the trade there. 
All right. It's a deal. 3.30 at the Casual Cognition Park Bench at Terrier Park. Was that what you said? God damn it. You blew our cover. Fuck, run. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> ah! And scene. <laughs> uh, oh, well, boy. That was that fun. Was, uh, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Obviously, as you can all tell, Nate and I are a bit out of practice, but uh, we thought it would be fun to just, around. just goof around and do a little do a little improv for you. So, Like you said, uh, put, hope- putting our money where our mouth is, and uh, yeah, we're going to try and do, do some more goofy shit like that because it's fun. We'll get better at it. Yeah, it'll, it's going to take us a few goes. I mean, for me, like, that was... Not not a bad first go. I definitely uh, I learned a lot, so I think you know we're gonna we're gonna improve with each iteration. And I had a lot of fun. I appreciate you, Nate, for coming on the show with me yet again. And I appreciate all of you folks out there listening. You think the cops are gonna buy this gag? They're still listening. <laughs> Oh, fuck. We recorded the whole conversation. Shit. (laughs) Oh, boy. Thank you, Hank. We got a little bit of a short one for y'all today, but um, we'll be back to our normal length next week. Actually, we may have an extra guest episode come out next week because we're going to try and start getting through our guest backlog because we have lots of great guests coming out. So, Yeah, definitely. Keep 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 your ears peeled for some more sweet guest episodes coming out a little more regularly. Yes, sir. Thanks everybody right, for peace listening, out, folks. We love you. Well, that was interesting. I hope you all enjoyed that. I enjoyed doing it, and as always, I love doing this podcast, and I love all of you, and we love all of you, and we hope that you will join us on the Discord. We're still offering free access, permanent access. All you have to do is send us an email requesting the link, and we will give it to you. So, come join us. We will see you next week.